Hey everybody, it's Aldo Gandhi, and I just want to let you know really quickly that our swag shop is reopened. DeepDishTees.com is where you go, and that's tees with T-E-E-S. Clever name, guys. They're the new home of our merchandise. You can get t-shirts, you can get caps, you can get coffee mugs, you can get hoodies, you can get all sorts of good stuff, and you'll help out the bar room with the purchase. So head over to DeepDishTees.com. Hello, everybody. It's impossible to say <clears throat> three, two, one. Well, it's impossible to deny that the Chicago Bears were not owned yet again by Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers Sunday. But was the landlord out of line with his remarks? Can the Bears revoke that ownership the next time the two teams meet? And was Sunday's performance for Justin Fields and the Bears improvement or was it a regression? Those are the questions I'll have for our debaters on this week's episode of The Bear Debate. Welcome to another episode of The Bear Debate. I am Aldo Gandia. I am the moderator of this event. Let me bring in our debaters, starting with Tyler Ellis. Tyler, how are you, brother? I'm amazing, brother. We got, regardless of the Bears' loss, we have some positive things brewing through Chicago right now. Congratulations to the Chicago Sky. We got the Bulls getting ready to start. And um, we're all hopeful in, in Bears Nation. Yes, we are indeed. Let me bring in another guy who is ready to spar with you. His name is John Buffon. <laughs> John, how you doing, brother? <laughs> oh, I'm doing great. But listen, there's a lot to be hopeful about in Chicago. Unfortunately, not one of them is the Chicago Bears. So that's what we're going to talk about. And we'll see if there's any kernel of hope. But you know me. I try to keep it real with this. And John, you were uh, out doing some special business on Sunday. So uh, when you got a chance to see the game, I'm assuming on replay, did you already know the score? Did you already know the outcome? I did. I did because I did not want to go through that heartbreak in an organic way. I knew the score. <laughs> I knew what to expect. I already saw some of the big highlights. I already knew all about the Aaron Rodgers stuff before I went back and watched the entire game. I did watch it in its entirety, but I already knew what to expect. It's kind of like uh, it, it's that old adage that if someone could tell you the exact day and the exact time that you would die, would you take the information? And you think about it, you're like, 
I okay, yeah, I want to know. I want to know. So I watched <laughs> it. So I, I already knew the end of the movie. So it's okay. <laughs> I hear you. And uh, we might have our first debate question here. Uh, it comes from Tua, who wants to know: Does Tyler have baby oil on? It's very close. It's the cousin baby oil. <laughs> <laughs> I, I reached out to my buddy pal. Dwayne The Rock Johnson, and I asked him what he used because he's pretty successful. <laughs> Excellent. So, uh, John, do you put baby oil on or anything when you work out and hit the gym? No, nah, maybe just some moisturizer afterwards, <laughs> but uh, that's that's about it. <laughs> All right, that ends our unofficial first question for the <laughs> debate. Let's get on to the real thing. Let me explain quickly how this show works. We have 10 rounds. I ask a question to uh, one of the debaters he's got 30 seconds to respond and then the next debater jumps in with his response to the question and then afterwards we chat about uh the topic at hand so let's get on to round one all right gentlemen everyone in the nfl world knew that sunday's game versus the packers was a measuring stick for the chicago bears win and the bears would be considered a legitimate contender lose and the bears are who we thought they were or a lot of people thought they were a team that is consistently 500 or so under the reign of matt nagy now that that loss has sunk in for what some 48 hours is there any way to look at the bears as other than a 500 team we'll start with you tyler ellis I mean, it will be all hope at this point, Aldo. Um, we, we played a good Raiders team, but the Packers are the measuring stick for our division. Are we fine with being mediocre? As my brother John always talks about, we want to be divisional winners. But we got to beat the top dog in the division. And until we do that, we will, we, will, we will be considered such. But we do have some good players, so there is hopeful for change. But at this point in time, I need to see results to believe it further. Look, I, I think we have to come to accept what we've basically known for three years. The Chicago Bears are good enough to beat bad teams, and on occasion, they'll give you hope by beating other mediocre teams. But when they play a contender like the Green Bay Packers, most of the time, it's obvious that they are out-schemed, they are out-coached, and they simply cannot make a big play when necessary. So if you keep this team as it is, they're not just an average team. They're an aging average team. And that, in my opinion, makes it even worse. You know, John, I think you really hit on a great point there. An aging average team. And that's the definition of mediocrity. That's the definition of a 500 team. Uh, Tyler, I always look for you when I need hope, when I need a boost uh, mm -hmm. of energy. Do you see this team? Uh, all of a sudden getting, you know, the, the Ponce de Leon fountain of youth and coming out and playing playing uh, a little bit younger and uh, and looking like a team that could contend the rest of the season. I mean, we just got news that Robert Quinn is on the COVID list. So Khalil Mack and Robert Quinn lead the league in duo sacks. So Khalil Mack won't have his partner. That have opened up an opportunity for Travis Gibson. I know a lot of people are excited to see him in a full capacity. But at the same time, what makes these guys have the strength is um, situational reps. And so now, how will he handle under a full load against the Super Bowl champions, so to speak? Now, a win against the Super Bowl champions would ease things over, but once again, that's hopeful thinking. Um, Antonio Brown is playing like he did in, in Pennsylvania, John. And so, and so, and and we've already have secondary concerns. And so there is, it is a chance, because it's football, 
But at the same time, under this leadership, Aldo, under this tutelage, John, it's wishful thinking at this point, but we do have good players. I am excited about the roster, but like John said, the time is ticking. Time is ticking, John. All right, let's get on to round number two. All right, the Bears had some highs versus the Packers, and of course, they had some lows. So I got something a little different this week uh, on the Bear debate. I want John to pick a high point, and then Tyler, your 30 seconds, you pick a low point, and then we'll talk about the, the plays or whatever it is you come up with afterwards. Don't worry, gentlemen. We'll in round three, we'll switch the roles. Uh, so, John, you begin first with a high point. Uh, well, I, I guess you could say my one high point is Khalil Herbert. The Bears had their first and second string running back out, and they really didn't miss a beat. A rookie rushes for nearly 100 yards and a touchdown. And listen, this kid runs with purpose. And honestly, if the Bears ever decide they want to model their offense after the Cleveland Browns and turn this into a power run football team that just beats you down, David Montgomery and Khalil Herbert could be kind of a Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt type duo. The Bears have one of the deepest running back leagues in the, or excuse me, running back rooms in the entire NFL. Okay, yeah, so the low point. I'll about to continue with John's high point because I like that, John. <laughs> but no, the, the, the low point is situational football when it's time. Like John said, making a big play when it's necessary. So between Justin Fields taking a sack and, a, and, and just the wrong time of the game, or a DB missing on a block, missing coverage at the wrong time of the game. Those are the low points when you need somebody to make a play and we fail to do so. And it seems like it happens over and over and over again, uh, not playing situational football, not having an offense that plays all four quarters. I was listening a little bit to the Hogan Johns podcast, and that was one of the main topics that they brought up is – you know, you start off with this fabulous first series. It looks like all eight cylinders are running on this car, and then the offense disappears all the way until, what, the fourth quarter uh, when they scored their second touchdown. John, that's a, that's a pretty frustrating feeling, isn't it? It's just what we've always said, consistently inconsistent. You're never going to get a full game. You're never going to get a, a, from from the starting point to the final gun. It's just a, we thought we thought we saw that against the Raiders and, you know, a complete full team victory. How how much does that carry you, though? Is that enough to get a, a coach extended? Is that enough to bring back the roster? Is that enough to say, you know what, this team's going to be a playoff contender? Uh, it's not because you have to show up against good teams. And I'm not so sure the Raiders are actually a good team. And where they, they showed again that they may not be a really good team. So uh, I, I just feel like you got to do it against some good competition. You got to do it against actual playoff contenders, a Super Bowl candidate. And the Green Bay Packers were that, and they fell flat again. Tyler, you were uh, you wanted to j jump on the uh, positives about the running back uh, crew. Uh, why don't you go ahead and uh, take some time to talk about how impressive uh, this Bears running back room is? It's it's very very impressive. It's almost like sad, and I actually want to see Herbert the rest of the season. But we know mm -hmm. David Montgomery's coming back. I like I like I'm excited to see him run. I feel mm -hmm. like he might have a really a breakout game this week because when you're playing Tom Brady, Subway's watching. And so Herbert has a chance to get some endorsement deals this weekend. Yes. And, and so I'm really excited because he just he 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 plays outside the playbook. Like tight ends say, you don't run the lines. 
And so being able to find the holes, get to the end zone. And that's what I'm excited about this running back. Hopefully wishing Damien um, a, a speedy recovery when he tests his negative and everything like that. And when David comes back, we are powerful. And so, I, but at the same time, I got to be real, like John would say, because the Cleveland Browns took the time to invest $100 million into the offensive line. Mm-hmm. And the Bears, we are trying to get the most without investing the least. And so we have great backs. We have some good horses, but we got to give them some good hay. <laughs> so, like, I'm excited about the running back room, but if you put these running backs on any other team, but at the same time, I do like the somewhat of the imagination of their running game. But for me, it just falls back on the leadership and the imagination of getting these guys open because I personally would love to see Herbert run some screens. It's uh, going to be a huge test for Herbert and the entire running back uh, room this Sunday against the Bucks. The Bucks are have the number one rushing defense in the NFL, averaging 55 yards allowed. And in the last three weeks, it's been like 40 some yards. So that's going to be a huge test, right, John? Oh yeah, and, and so if that if your if your entire mo is to establish the run game and you can't, oh that's just going to make Matt Nagy tickle all over because he can throw the ball fifty times now, and so uh, I I think that that's going to create a lot of problems because if they can't get any kind of run game going, you're going to see a lot of three and outs. You're going to see a real tired defense. Mm. Gregory uh, says no Quinn this week, Ugh, but that's not necessarily true. At least the latest that I heard is that. He has uh, he may have gotten his vaccination shot, so he'll get two tests uh, over the next uh, 48 hours. If he tests positive, then it's a different story. So uh, we he's, there's still a chance that Quinn could play this week, and we certainly, certainly need him to play. All right, round three is as promised, uh, but let's hear our little round three sound. There it is. All right, Tyler, this time you got the bad, or excuse me, the good news, and then John will have the bad news. And so the high points for me is that we, we have a quarterback who is learning. Mr. Fields, I heard him in the press conference. He, he falls on the sort of the captain. So Justin Fields is one of the reasons why I'm actually hopeful. Before it was doom and gloom because we don't have a quarterback. We don't have a quarterback. But Justin Fields will be our quarterback for the next five years. And I feel like he his mind is intuitive and he's going to learn from this. So he is he is the the constant variable that can change and take the course of a game over. Look, the low point is just knowing that the Packers do still own the Bears. I'm sure we're going to get into all the details of this later, but I'm just tired of knowing that the Packers are better. We always go into a game hoping to upset the Packers. It's never just assumed that the Bears are the better team. It's been like that nearly my entire life. You know, at one point in 1992, the Bears tied the record for the biggest lead in this series. They led the all-time series by 24 games. Fast forward to 2021, the Bears trail by seven games. It's pathetic. Mm. That is pathetic. And frankly, you know, unless Aaron Rodgers is with playing for a new team this year, it looks like that pattern is going to continue. Um, but perhaps things will change at Lambeau Field later this year. Uh, Tyler, where's your hope level that the Bears can go to Lambeau and uh, topple the Packers? I do have some hope. I have about an 80% chance that the Bears can go out there and upset the Packers. <laughs> upset, John. Upset. And upset. Yeah. Okay, we'll have to be upset at this point because we will have to grow between now and then. 
And so when you go against the good teams, now you have a good tape. Going against the Buccaneers, now we got um, the, the, the Steelers, then we got the Ravens. We're going against some physical teams. There's no way the next time we see the Packers that we should be anything close to soft, okay? And so at the end of the day, we just have to do what we did in the first quarter. The first quarter reminded me of the Super Bowl. We scored, we got an interception, and then we let it go. Then we let it, let it all go to crap. So hopefully we can duplicate that success with some experience. Going against this top rushing team against the Buccaneers should give us some experience against going against Aaron Jones next time because those two running backs were the ones who sealed the game. Aaron Rodgers didn't have his normally explosive game, but he was efficient, and the run game carried them as they got stronger through the course of the game. So I'm hopeful that the Bears will get it together, somebody will grab their cojones and say, hey, we're not going to let this happen anymore. But then again, who's the coach? <laughs> that sort of leads to our next question, Rob. Round four. John, the Bears defense was solid versus the Packers, but they did not close. When the Packers needed a play, the defense gave one up. John, I begin with you this time. Can you excuse the fact that after the Bears made it a 17 to 14 game, the Packers marched downfield a seven-play, 75-yard possession and scored to make it a 10-point game with four and a half minutes to go. John, the clock starts when you start. Listen, there is no denying that they did not step up in a key situation. There were plenty of flaws that we can get into. But guys, I said this last week, and I think everyone agreed, it was going to take more than 20 points to win this game. They needed 25, actually. And it's not like the defense lost this game. They still sacked Rodgers three times. They held him to under 200 yards passing. Sure, they gave up a good amount of yards on the ground, but you can't look at that performance and say, well, the defense lost that one for them. There's nothing the offense could have possibly done to win this game. And so the defense, I mean, I'm very I'm very hopeful of our defense. Like, we, we always brag about the front seven of this team. It just comes down to situation. For me, it just sucks because the Packers. It's like it's always just like, can we just have three more plays, three more plays? But Don is 100% correct. We can't expect the defense to just score for us every single time. Because that's what we're missing, gentlemen. That's the one thing missing from 2018, even though I hate comparing seasons. Our defense isn't scoring, but that's not their, that's not their job, honestly, even though it would be nice. I was watching uh, some of the Bear football show, I believe it's called, on NBC Sports Chicago, and Olin Krutz was saying that uh, when he played center for the Chicago Bears – uh, and the defense would get out, get out there. He would ask the defense to please score because they could not. And uh, that just seems to not have changed after all of these years. It seems to you be. You could say any year. You could say any year, and I would believe that. Well, that could be anywhere. That could be any time from 1986 to right now, and I would mm -hmm. believe that was true. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, let's head on over to number five, round five, because I think what we're talking about also relates to this. Our final question for the first half. Injuries are a major concern for this Bears team. The most concerning injuries, at least to me, are the ones that Khalil Mack and Akeem Hicks are fighting through. Guys, should the team give these two guys a week off, sit against Tampa Bay, and help them recover? Tyler, you're up. I mean, it's, it's really going to come down to how they are they practicing or not. If they're gonna, do you want to force them to practice? And Matt Nagy talk about during this week conference, or do you? It's gonna come down to those, those guys are warriors. It's hard to tell the champion to sit down. 
they haven't won anything but it's hard to tell a, a, a fighter don't go help your brothers you see your brothers fighting and if you feel like you can do it tom brady won a super bowl on a torn meniscus last year and so like all these different things come into play but i think khalil mack and akeem hicks have earned enough to say when they're not going to play Oh, if you can play, you should play. What are you saving them for, by the way? You got to win every game that you can. And if you just straight up punt on a week, especially against a team like Tampa Bay, that's an even bigger admission that you know you can't win this game anyway. So let's just rest everyone. You want to talk about accepting mediocrity? That would be the team acknowledging that next Sunday is already a wash. There's no chance that they can win. So listen, if you can play, Go play. But the problem is that can they play at 100% level? Now, Khalil Mack did not practice at all last week, and he played really good for three quarters, but towards the end of the game, he was just didn't have enough. Part of it was perhaps because he didn't practice. And so we have seen this before where they shut down Khalil Mack for two weeks in his first season with the, with the Bears. And so load management has arrived in the NFL. It's been around for some time. So the old adage that if you can practice or if you're healthy, you can play doesn't necessarily hold water nowadays. Sorry, guys. It doesn't, matter if it, it doesn't matter if it holds water. Are you trying to win football games or not? There's nothing saying that if Khalil Mack rests two weeks, he's not going to tweak something when he comes back. Akeem Hicks came back. He tweaked something. If you, there's, there's, there's a chance that you can get hurt on every single play. You can tweak it knee you can tweak an ankle you can hurt yourself if you're the bears you're saying our most expensive players are on the defense we have invested everything in khalil mack we've invested everything in robert quinn we've invested everything in akeem hicks if you're going to spend that much money on it and that's your that's your formula for success having a dominant defense if that's what you invested in then they better have their asses out there because they, you have, you've invested in this philosophy that the defense has to carry the team so if you're going to see it through see it through and say, get out there and win a football game. I, I, and, unless they cannot play. If they can't play, they're physically unable to play, then don't put them out there. But if they are if they are 70% or 80% and they say, coach, I can get out there, then they should be out there because that was your philosophy. We're going to spend $100 million on Khalil Mack. We're going to spend $70 million on Robert Quinn. We're going to spend a boatload of money on Akeem Hicks and Eddie Jackson. Then their asses better be out there to win a football game. I don't want to hear about load management. You put all of your assets into the defense. So let the defense perform for you if the training staff comes to you and say yeah he can play but could really benefit from some time off so that he could be stronger for this 17 game regular season towards the end what say you then john you're going to pop your veins and say you know screw that we're paying him a lot of money i don't care if he doesn't finish the season is that what you're no, I'm, I'm not saying I'm, if he if he's putting himself out there to get hurt even worse then no. But if it's like if it's if it's coming out to okay he, he may he may be a little slower he may not be, he didn't practice this week. But if you're an, if you're a team like the Chicago Bears and your ceiling is nine and eight, are you gonna punt on two games and say? F it. We're not, we're not going to win them anyway. So you can't just say, oh, he's not going to make it to 17 games. You have to win every game that you can because you're an average football team. You have, if, if Khalil Mack makes the difference against the Detroit Lions or he makes the difference against the San Francisco 49ers, then he needs to be out there. You can't just say, oh, hopefully he makes it 17 games. Who gives a shit if you're seven and 10? It, when, when this team announced that Justin Fields was the starting quarterback, 
they basically announced that we're not trying uh, to go for the playoffs. We're going to try to develop our franchise quarterback. For anyone to believe that the Chicago Bears were going to try to make, make the playoffs by going to Justin Fields as opposed to a veteran quarterback is smoking some stronger stuff that I got behind me. It's just not so, John. I and think why is everyone talking? And why are you? Why are you? And why are Tyler's? Why is everyone else saying this is a playoff team? This is a playoff team. Every week, every week, I hear. Well, this is a playoff team. I didn't hear from me. You, I did, you I, absolutely I, did say. You I absolutely said, did John, say. John, John, bullshit, bullshit. Don't put words in my mouth. I said that if they beat the Packers, they're a playoff team. So don't come up with that bullshit. Well, that I said something when I didn't say something. In that game, you said that they could win nine or ten games and Woo. get to the playoffs. Right. If they win, they didn't win. It's clear we're that they're not about good the enough. Packers game. We're talking about overall season. They talk, you said you could top out and we can make it into the playoffs. All right. That's the end of our first half. I've taken over Tyler's role on this show uh, since he doesn't want to debate. He's just going to be a fan on this show. We'll be right back with the second half of our show after this. Fantasy football players, who do you start? Who do you sit? Find out every Sunday morning at 10.15 on the Fantasy Football Do Show on the Barroom Network. Welcome back to the second half of the Bear Debate. And you should know that if you're watching on YouTube, we have a link to our merchandise store. Please go over there and buy a Buffon 55 hat or a Bear football t-shirt or a Bear Barroom bar Network uh, apparel of any sort. Buy something to help us out and to represent the Barroom Network. We would really, really appreciate it. Guys, we're ready for round six. 
Yes, sir. Oh, sir. All, right. all right. We begin this second half of the show with a topic we probably are all sick of or still very, very angry with. It's one of the headlines, though, from the Bears-Packers game. And that was when Aaron Rodgers said to Bears fans the following. It's Rodgers running for the score. Right on cue, Joe. All right. We know the emphasis that the NFL is putting on eliminating taunting. Was this taunting? And should Aaron Rodgers be fined for his behavior? John, you begin the second half. Look, I, I don't know what protocol is. He was he was talking to the fans, not an opposing player. And honestly, I don't care. I don't want to beat Aaron Rodgers' checkbook. I want to beat him on the scoreboard. I don't care if he gets penalized. I care if he gets tackled. You know what, what would make him not scream like that? Not allowing him to cross the goal line. You think you're going to feel better if Aaron Rodgers gets a $15,000 fine? Hell no. I care about wins and losses. I don't give a crap about fines and penalties. Repeated this on, on Bear Football on Sunday. The fact of the matter is our head coach didn't stand up for us. He was nonchalant with it, and I was hoping he was going to address it in the press conference earlier today. Um, it's about the fact that he came into our he came into our household and he and he and he Charlie Murphy, he Dave Chappelle on our couch. And that's just disrespectful. And the fact of the matter is we're not giving him a reason to think otherwise. He wouldn't do that if Robert Quinn, if Robert Quinn or Khalil Mack or Roquan Smith was gonna knock his head loose, respectfully. He felt comfortable enough to come in there and do that. Somebody should feel comfortable enough to knock his freaking head off. Not getting injured, of course, just to knock some sense into him because somebody only does that. People do what you allow them to do. And he he did that because the Bears have played soft every single time against the Packers, unless it's Khalil Mack, but it's, this is why it's on the freaking coach. Our coach didn't have our damn backs. The coach didn't have the fans back, and nobody's speaking up for us. And that's why fans in an uproar, and it was utterly disrespectful. But guess what? He earned the right to do that, and nobody freaking stopped him, period, case in point. I agree with Tyler. I mean, this wasn't him uh, bad-mouthing the Chicago Bears. And Rodgers was bad-mouthing you, Tyler, me. John, I know you don't live in Chicago, but you're a Chicago Bears fan and you, you got Chicago blood running through you. He was bad-mouthing you. He was picking and taunting on fans. And if what is the purpose of having a taunting rule if players are going to be allowed to taunt fans? I don't under, I don't quite understand that. I understand John's point. You got to stop them on the field. That's the best way to shut them up. But at the same time, if the league has put in place protocols to stop players from staring at each other, talking and barking at uh, one another, why don't they have, John, a protocol to stop players from instigating a brawls, basically, with Chicago Bears fans? Because in my day, we would have been waiting for Aaron Rodgers to board that bus, and maybe throw a bottle at him or something like that. Not that I'm advocating anything like that. <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't know. And they, I think, honestly, it came down to a bunch of grumpy old, uh, you know, team owners saying they didn't want to see people, you know, hot dogging on the field. And they so they could give a crap what they say to the fans. And and quite frankly, and I, I, I don't think that do any of the fans, would you feel any better if they would have flagged Aaron Rodgers? Do you, would you actually have felt better if they threw a flag on him? Because I, well, I wouldn't have cared. 
it might have helped our chances if we got the ball at the 50 or something like that. I, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I, I I just feel like it should be addressed somehow, some way, whether it's a penalty or a fine or something to t- stop players from taunting one another in what is really a byproduct of the business model you've created. You've got this guy here and this guy here colliding against one another, and you don't think – the macho-ness is going to come out of the guy that's standing and he's going to hover and say something. Oh, if, you, if you're going to eliminate that, I then why that not? <laughs> yeah, really. I hate the, I, I, like, that's why, that's why I don't care about this because I hate the rule in general. I just think it's absolute BS. It takes the game out of the player's hands and all of a sudden the referee is very subjective and saying, I think that's taunting or no, that's not taunting. So what, you, you leave so much subjectivity into it. Now the referees have to mo- they have to be babysitters. And every time you hear something that you think is taunting is a 15-yard penalty. So that's why I, I would say just take it all out. Let the, let the guy say and point at you. And you say, all right, I'm going to get your ass next time, though. And so it's, I, I hate the rule. I absolutely hate the rule. On this regard, I think, this, I think we needed that. That needed to happen. Because that's, that's, that's locker room material forever. But at the end of the day, if I'm the right type of GM is showing that to the damn head coach at the end of the year. Mm-hmm. Let's circle back real quick to a low point. The low point, respectfully for me, if, if Matt Nagy is the head coach next year. Because we're, we're, that's that's really the low point for me because we're still waiting for him to figure things out. And it just doesn't make sense. Like John said, it's three years after the point, And I just don't see the growth or the development or just a system in place that anybody can come in and be successful. I understand playing to your player's strength. But the imagination to get players open on a consistent basis that somebody can come in here and just straight dog you, bend you over however they want and treat you any kind of way. It just doesn't it just it, it, it doesn't make sense. And but that material right there, that need if that doesn't upset you, that from that alone is why I'm hopeful that we beat the Packers next time around. Because that should be sounding board that whole freaking week. But if we don't play it, if we don't come up with a freaking game plan, and it's hopeful thinking. Because at the end of the day, why should I expect why should I expect Matt Nagy to just magically be perfect? It's not gonna happen. It's just not gonna happen. So the low point for me is just like, dang, what's gonna happen at the end of the year? Matt Nagy's our head coach again, and it's like, or well, offense 4.0. Well, Tyler, to your point, I'm going to take it a step further. You said the GM should be talking to Matt Nagy about that, or Matt Nagy should be putting it up to the uh, to the players. That should be coming down from the front office. There should be somebody in the McCaskey family saying, we've been in this rivalry for a hundred years. And now you're not, you're so bored with kicking our ass up and down the field that you're going after our fans. They're, they're beating you so badly that they're now talking crap to the Chicago fans about owning them. And you know what? They basically have. So what are you going to do about it? What are you going to do to change this? If I'm the owner, I'm the president, I'm saying that can't happen again. Either beat them or get the hell out. I'm tired of losing to this team so they feel so entitled that their quarterback can actually say that. If he wasn't 21-5 and against the Bears, he wouldn't be saying that. So what are you going to do to change that? But nothing, because at the end of the day, Matt Nagy treats the Packers game like any other game. We don't want to it put ain't. too much pressure. We don't want to put one pressure onto one game. When it, that that should be our Super Bowl. Until we win a Super Bowl, that should be our Super Bowl. The the Redskins suck, but when the Redskins in DC when they beat the Dallas Cowboys, they are partying over here. It is the biggest thing they can have a negative record, but as long as they beat the Cowboys, they are happy with themselves. Well, you know what, Chicago. 
But that's on the coach. <laughs> oh man, trying to become. That's it's on, on the, the culture. Coach. It's on that's this on culture. Coach. That it, culture. The culture that everyone. The culture that Ted Phillips says every team wants. Apparently, that culture is getting freaking boat raced by the Packers every year. And it's not addressed. The fact that it's not. It wasn't addressed by the captain of our team. The captain of our team that's off the, the face. field. That's the face of the culture. Deflected. Oh, I don't know. Oh, no, no. Uh, you know what? I got to go back and look at the tape. Or I don't know. And I got I to gotta figure out the why. I got to figure out why Aaron Rodgers is kicking our ass every single year. John, you've told me stories of what uh, your uncle John Buffon uh, would, excuse me, Doug Buffon would say to you about that rivalry. So what Ravi has said here that the Nagy staff doesn't emphasize the rivalry. Lovey actually made it a point to prepare for games like this. It was on the day Lovey was hired. He said, our first goal is beat the Packers. And uh, Chris Carter was on Good Morning Football, and he said, Dennis Green said the same thing on his first day as coach at the Minnesota Vikings. Our first goal is to beat the Packers. So, John, I, I assume that you're like Ravi and, and Tyler and me, that your, your blood is boiling, that the Nagy staff is not firing these guys up to play against the Green Bay Packers. Listen, you have players from all across the country. All of those players were not born in Chicago. They were not born uh, as Chicago Bears fans, a lot of them, most likely. So what you have to do is install the history of the rivalry onto your players. Show them that this means everything to this city. This means a lot to this team. And this just ain't any other game. This is Bears Packers, one of the oldest rivalries in the history of American sports. You have to take this game seriously. It's like Yankees, Red Sox, and any other big, long-time rivalry. You have to say there is an emphasized importance on this game. This means more. It means more to Virginia McCaskey. We know that. So you have to be able to install that on your players so they're just like, listen, it's just like any other game. It's the Packers. No, it isn't. And if your coach is telling you that, then you're going to believe that. Because exactly. if your coach says this is just like any other game, just like any other approach, then that's what you're going to say because you weren't born in Chicago. You didn't grow up watching the Chicago Bears. But you're part of this now. You're part of this rivalry. And you have to make the best of it. And if your coach doesn't give a damn, you're not going to give a damn. Tyler, last thought on this? I'm just, I hate the Packers. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. We move on to round seven. All right, I think we've got a topic here we're all going to agree on. The NFL officiating, it probably gets the most criticism out of all the major team sports. And on Sunday against the Packers, there were several calls that went against the Bears that just I, were flabbergasted me. I, I don't think I've ever seen anything like that. Tyler, pick one of those bad calls against the Bears that really pissed you off and let me hear why. You, you can start whenever you want one of the bad calls that really really upset me it, i mean it had to be the whole thing on mustafer because it's like like really but i felt like they did it because he was the easy target we're so used to him getting called for it they say hey yo he's the same guy let's call it on him so sometimes i feel like whenever we play the packers they the referees got handed a special briefcase before the game and every time they threw a flag Aaron rogers like winks at him and so that was the play because it was the divine blocking scheme, a great play call, and our rock, our rookie shot it up the middle. 
I, I can't believe you said the Mustafer hole because that's exactly what I was going to say. That actually pissed me off more than anything, even though the Bears eventually scored and it didn't ha heavily impact the game. But how about the, uh, the, the phantom free play that is going to just be on repeat and repeat where there was a clear offside? Justin Fields thought it was a free play. I think everybody watching thought it was a free play. I think the Packers might have thought it was a free play, although the, the throw still wasn't great. That, that has to get called. That absolutely cannot go uncalled and look what happened yeah and you could add you know other blatant calls like i the video that i posted of that phantom first down call uh, that the thing has gotten like uh 800 views or something because i mean it was just so obvious that he barely if he did at all get to the original line of scrimmage he certainly didn't get a first down and then on top of that you got a head coach who doesn't challenge. You got a head coach who doesn't even talk about it. Go ahead, Tyler, take it away. <laughs> no, but Nagy said it again today. They asked him, was it offside? He said, no comment. Oh, he said, no comment. See, he said, was he offside? And coach said, he said, no comment. What are you talking about? You can't even have your players back. Mm -hmm. At some point, he's going to lose the team. I thought I, I, I was half asleep when I woke up and I just saw the word fired and I saw Nagy. I was, and I woke up because I, I thought we fired him. I was like, oh, we fired him? <laughs> I was like, yes, I expect that. Like, I, Lovey Smith got fired in a 10 and 6 record. Lovey Smith was fired for a 10 and 6 finish in the season. This is detrimental. Mm -hmm. We're going to lose the team. The players can't say anything because if you say anything right now, then your NFL career is over. They'll blackball you because you went against your coach. Guys. We never know, we never know the truth until they leave. But this sucks that yeah. on, the, on the field and in the press conference, the head coach doesn't have our back. Mm -hmm. Look, Matt Nagy right now is coaching more to appease the McCaskies than he is to appease his team because he knows that he could be on thin ice. So if he says something that's controversial or if he gets fined, he doesn't want to give he doesn't want to give any more ammunition to say, okay, we should probably let this guy go. He is he is going to toe the line to make sure that he doesn't do anything stupid at the expense of having his teams back. Like you said, at the expense of stepping up and defending his players, he's got to, he's got to be Mr. Neutral to say, who I don't have enough cachet here to say this stuff. Bill Belichick can, and Andy Reed can, I, I can't, I might get in trouble. So he's coaching more for ownership than he is his team. And then one special thing that I've heard just through my life, when we, when we are aware of a disaster, what we try to do, prevent it, normally what causes it. So Matt Nagy trying to appease the ownership, you're actually making it worse because they will actually respect you if you show some balls, respectfully. Mm -hmm. If you show some balls, they're like, all right, well, at least we got a fighter on our hands. At the end of the day, these owners are owning a football team. They mm -hmm. own, so they actually like some type of violence a little bit. This isn't yeah. the time to be professional. <laughs> no, man, like, no. It's a violent sport. Come on, man. NFL Madden hit stick. We, we can't forget where we came from. Yep. I realize that Matt Nagy has a family. He's trying to protect his fortune and so forth. But a $25,000 fan for calling out the officials for having the worst day of their lives, I think what would have been appropriate there would have let the his, his team know that this guy is fighting for us. He's willing to pay a buck. 25,000 bucks. Uh, One of his players would have covered it probably. Yeah, exactly. I, I've seen that happen before in the NBA where players come to the defense of a coach. And uh, so, I mean, those guys got a lot of money. So, um, right. all right, let's move on to.
All right, after Sunday's game, NBC Sports Chicago's after-game show, Bears Talk, featuring former Bears players, featured this moment with Lance Briggs calling out Eddie Jackson. Eddie Jackson, you know, we've talked to this before, and, and his name keeps coming up for the wrong reasons. You know, his name keeps coming up for reasons as you are the safety. You are the last line of defense. When you come up and you make that hit on Devontae Adams and he gets, gets past you, it's going to be a touchdown, kid. You have to make that play. Mm. Get him down by any means necessary. Don't care how you do it. Even if you shoot, shoot at, the, at, the, at the worst uh, flag, still keeps him out of the end zone. Mm-hmm. But you got to find a way to get him down. All right. Well, Eddie Jackson responded to that the next morning with this tweet. He found one from 10 years ago that said, working through some three-year missed tackle data now, nobody has missed more tackles in the past three seasons than Lance, Lance Briggs. That was a pro football focus uh, tweet that Eddie Jackson found, tweeted that out. John, I'm going to begin with you on this one. Do you think that was okay for Eddie Jackson to do that, or do you think it was inexcusable? Go. So instead of taking a potential Hall of Famer's criticism and trying to turn that into motivation, Eddie Jackson decided to pull receipts and be petty and shoot back. Great. Look. We saw another display of piss poor tackling, but but you know what? If you're in that camp that thinks Eddie Jackson isn't paid to tackle, then you're just fine with what you saw Sunday. You're paying a guy $60 million and he doesn't have to tackle. That's fine. But look, now Lance Briggs is paid to give his opinions after the game. Eddie Jackson is paid to play football. Defend yourself with your play. I mean, it, it's, it's, it's really pathetic. I can't believe he did that. I actually don't like him a little bit less. For, I, I I was hoping Eddie would get, but the fact that Eddie would, first of all, Lance Briggs could like snap him in half. That's one. <laughs> Two, Eddie, like you could have used that as motivation. I can't believe you did that, bro. I'm like, ugh. Like as a competitor, <laughs> you went and researched the tweet rather than getting, rather than bench press, bro? How much you, what's your bench press, bro? You were looking up missed tackles, Lance Briggs, bro? Shut up, dog. That's so silly. I agree totally with both of you guys. I mean, that was just a bad look for a safety who is having problems. And let's remember back to his rookie season, Eddie Jackson was critical of Chicago Bears fans for booing when they were playing well, saying you never heard anyone boo at Alabama. And so they never lost. (laughs) That's right. It's a different thing. And it's a different thing in the NFL too, right? So perhaps he has this kind of entitled feeling that, you know, he shouldn't be criticized. He shouldn't be booed. Uh, I mean, I, I don't I don't get it. I, and, and, John, I totally agree with you. You should have used it for fuel, fuel for improvement. I said this, I think, towards the beginning of the year. Eddie Jackson had an opportunity to be one of those staples in Chicago Bear history where you can be one of those guys that we reflect on, like a Lance Briggs or a Mike Brown or even a Nathan Basher who had his spots there where we talk about Bears lore. Eddie Jackson right now is being remembered as the guy who splashed onto the scene, got paid, and then checked out. That's what he's being talked about right now. So it's you, you have a real opportunity. You have the talent. You could be one of those Chicago Bears we reflect on in uh, you know 10, 15 years. But he doesn't want to do that. He wants to find something, he wants to find something on Twitter from 2011 and see if he can snap back. Like Lance Briggs gives two craps what Eddie Jackson says about him. Like Lance Briggs might not be a Hall of Famer with a gold jacket, and Eddie Jackson will just be some dude who played for the Bears and got paid. Like, I don't think that's not gonna mean that's not gonna mean a damn thing to Lance Briggs. Just makes you look like a clown. 
Yep. All right, guys. What's we the, move. No, real quick, Aldo. Sure. Now, I'm I'm upset. What's the trade value for Eddie Jackson? Like, I can't. What's the trade value? What can well, we What can we get for him this offseason? It's interesting can that we you get say that, that because the trade deadline. The trade deadline is coming up real soon, and there are teams like the Kansas City Chiefs, Matt Nagy's old team, who are in desperate need of a safety. So perhaps Eddie Jackson could be packaged. So if I'll ask you both both this question, if you were to trade Eddie Jackson, are you then basically saying, okay, the season's over, we're going to get rid of some of these pieces and prepare for next season? What is he doing? But what is he, but what is he doing now? But like, yo, he's not getting interceptions. He's halfway tackling. I can count three good tackles that I've seen from him consistently. I mean, like, give somebody an opportunity for a second. We already don't have a first round pick, so no. I mean, bro, first of all, why you talk to Lance Briggs that way? That was stupid. That was like not good. <laughs> that was not a good PR move at all. And you're overpaid. And we let go of Andrew Amos to because we believed in you. Totally kept the wrong guy. Mm. So we lost times two, and you're not tackling. <laughs> what? Yeah. Listen, you're. I don't know if you're going to get a high – I mean, theoretically speaking, I don't think you're no. going to get a high draft pick for Eddie Jackson because that per, that team has to take on that contract then. Right. They're, they they're going to – unless the Bears pick up the tab on something, but the, they, they're they going to have to take on that contract. So what, what are you going to flip them for? A fourth rounder maybe? But maybe a fifth no, rounder. <laughs> so it, there's no way. There's no way anyone's gonna give a second round pick for a guy that's having one of his worst years. You gotta yeah. negotiate. Eddie Jackson's amazing. He's a great team player. Like let me let well, me negotiate. Un- unfortunately, unfortunately, teams have access to tape, Tyler, and they're, they're, gonna, be able, they're gonna be able to see. They just, you're not just gonna walk up to the guy, dude. Trust me. Trust me on this one. Don't look. No. 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 Don't look at the tape. Trust me. This is good. Get second rounder. No, it's uh, well, but every one of these moves that they could potentially make could be an indication of what is being held for 2022. If they do trade Eddie Jackson, and once again, there's absolutely no merit to what we're talking about. We're speculating. But if they if they were to trade Eddie Jackson this season, then they're saying, okay, we're punting on this season. Does that mean that okay, is Matt Nagy really on the hot seat then? Because if you're punting on the season at the trade deadline, then you're are you giving up on Matt Nagy? Then are you give are you saying we're going to punt on this season and then usher him back in so we can reload for next year? One more shot at it, Matt. So there's a, there's a lot of nuance that comes to some of these moves that they could be making. Because are they going to trade Eddie Jackson for cap space so that the new regime has a little more money to work with when they come in? I don't know. So I, there's there's a lot there's there's I, maybe I'm, maybe I just think too deep into these things no, when I think no, about. No, I think that's stuff. great stuff. Right. Yeah, right. Good stuff. Yeah, I think Ryan Pace's job is to think about the, Ryan Pace's job is to think about the future as well as Ryan Pace already did what he could do for the season. Right. He has it's his job now to think about the future. That's Ryan Pace's job, and so Nag it should be cleaning some house, like you said. We got running backs, so somebody should be thinking about investing in the offensive line. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. We, guards and centers and tackles cost money. If Matt Nagy all of a sudden uh, turns things around with Justin Fields, and what I mean by that is if we see start seeing Justin Fields by game 10, 11, playing dynamite football, does that save Matt Nagy's job, guys? Uh, reluctantly, be- I'll Yes, <laughs> it won't be Matt Nagy. It will, yeah. be, it will be the players playing a, yeah. above subpar coaching. That's what's going to happen. That's what yeah. sucks. Justin Fields is going to play outside of the script. 
do some stuff amazing. And it's like, but they're, they're, you have to play better than what you're being coached. Mm-hmm. Because I just, I just feel like the front or the front office just wants a reason to bring Nagy back. And if they see Justin Fields is playing well, they don't want to, they don't want to mess up the, you know, the continuity that this is the guy that drafted him. This is the guy that's developing him. And this is, uh, we don't want to mess that up. We want him to have the, you know, the McVay effect on his quarterback. And you know what? I, I still, I don't, I don't want it. I don't, I'm not saying I, I wouldn't be in support of that. I'm just trying to put myself in their minds where it's just like, we got to find a reason to justify this. And remember at the end of the year press conference last season, they said they have to see improvement. What's improvement? No what improvement. is improvement then? Right. If they, if they, if they miss the, they, remember they made the playoffs last year. Right. If they miss the playoffs this year, was that all bull? Was it all like we need to see improvement? Well, improvement actually means we drafted some guy. <laughs> so yeah, good, bravo. So <laughs> I, I we'll, we'll see how the rest of the season plays out. But I, I, if they if they don't make the playoffs, then they didn't meet the requirement in which they set for themselves at the end of the last year. Good points, guys. We move on now to round nine. All right, this is somewhat of a heavy topic here, guys. Um, We've been speaking of bad behavior with Eddie Jackson. Well, Mario Edwards got his third unsportsmanlike penalty in two weeks. The guy undeniably makes positive plays, but the negative ones are starting to become a problem. According to Brad Biggs, a scout from another team told him that Edwards was considered by many teams a penalty guy, a guy teams target when they need a call. More importantly, Edwards is now being sued by a woman who alleges assault. She also named the Bears and the Charlotte Mecklenburg police in the lawsuit. To be sure that all we know is that, uh, to be sure that we all know this, Edwards has denied all accusations, although he and his accuser are still facing police charges from this alleged 2020 incident. Tyler, this is a complicated topic. And so I know, you know, uh, you've only got 30 seconds here to respond to this question. What do the Bears do about Mario Edwards? At, at this point right now, the bear, only thing the Bears can do to just to save themselves is just give them some counseling and stuff like that. But to Mario's credit, Rogers put on his put on his um put on his helmet. And so I know you shouldn't retaliate and all those things, but Mario's got him. But Rodgers pulled him down, and at the end of the day, that what that could hurt his neck. It, it has been it has been consistent, and where there's smoke, there's fire. Not really addressing the other claims, but all the Bears can do is say, "Hey, we told him so," and he signed a non-disclosure agreement. Uh, look, the, the penalties and the lawsuits are two different situations, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, I don't know all the details to the assault uh, lawsuit, but depending on what comes out of that. That dude can hit the road for all I care. If, they, if, they, if some of these things are true, dude can hit the bricks. Uh, much less important in the grand scheme of things are the penalties. But if we're going to discuss uh, that, he's a hot-headed player that doesn't think. And I guess if something does come out of the lawsuit, then maybe those things aren't uh, mutually exclusive. Yeah, we probably won't see any news in the lawsuit unless it's one of those things that's uh, settled out of court for some time. What we may see in the near future is what the Charlotte Mecklenburg Police Department is going to do with those charges because both the woman who is alleging assault from uh, 
uh, uh, Mario Edwards and Mario himself were both arrested for assault. And and I think part of the reason the woman is suing the police because she feels like, why was why am I uh, um, uh, being arrested? And but there were scratches on Mario's face. So that's a, another matter, very complicated. And I agree with John. They're two separate things. Uh, but it, it does appear that this this could be a looming problem if he continues to pour out pour out penalties, and it's something that has to be addressed somehow, some way. I would think. Mm-hmm. All right, guys, let's move on to the final round, round number ten. This one's easy, guys. <laughs> Easy for me to say. Bears face Tom Brady Sunday. Is he the greatest player of all time, John Buffone? Go. I mean, it's pretty hard to argue against it. You want to measure championships? He has more than anybody. You want to go by passing yards? More than anybody. You want to go by longevity? Forget about it. Touchdown passes? Yeah, he's number one. He has more Super Bowl MVPs than any other quarterback has Super Bowl wins. He has five MVPs, by the way. Uh, uh, Super Bowl MVPs. Uh, Something like 50% of his career, he's gone to the Super Bowl. So, I mean... You'd be hard pressed or to really argue against it. Yeah, he's he's the goat. Hey, I got I got I freaking love Tom Brady. Like like what he what he stands for. Like he's a he's a he's he epitomizes of regardless of what the experts say about you, you determine your future, you determine your destiny. And if you're willing to put forth the effort and appreciate the people that owe into you, you can overcome. You can overcome being a third string quarterback on the team. And when you get your opportunity to show up, like that was one of the biggest things. If Drew Bledsoe never got hurt, would we know who Tom Brady is? These are the, I'm going to go over for a little bit because these are the awesome things. Tom Brady was like, it's like, that's what I love about that next man up mentality. It's like, you never know somebody. Some It's a guy that walks onto a field. Like I've, I play football at a level, but if, when you just go, just give me a chance. I remember this time, just give me a chance, give me a chance. And just, just let me get in there and show you what I got because you weren't highly scouted. You don't have recruits looking at you. And so, but when you finally get that opportunity, you go all out. Like those are those Duck, um, Buster Douglas moments of when you get your shot, what are you going to do when all eyes are on you? And for Tom Brady to be clutch, Tom Brady is everything that his draft profile said that he wasn't. <laughs> and that's why I respect Tom Brady, what he did for his children, what he does in clutch freaking moments clutch freaking moments and this is like wow i mean at one point i didn't like him but then when i watched the brady six most people think he has a golden spoon in his mouth but watch the brady six watch that segment watch what that man went through if, if you if you if you hate tom brady it's because you got some other personal things going on with your own and with your own life which is get provide a counselor it's okay but tom brady epitomizes going above and beyond the call of duty and working on yourself. And I truly appreciate Tom Brady because he helped me go to the next level and a lot of aspects of my life. You got, you guys remember that rumor that Tom, I mean, I think he confirmed it, that Tom Brady basically was, he was thinking about going to the bears after leaving new England. You guys remember that, that whole thing? I'm interested to hear. I'm sorry. I'm hijacking your, uh, your position here, Aldo, but I'm interested to hear what you guys think Tom Brady actually would have done on this team. Because I don't think Matt Nagy would have been able to tell that dude anything. Tom Brady would have been like, hell no, this is not going to work. I'm not running this. I'm like, you're going to listen to me. So what what do you actually think that Tom Brady could have done with the Chicago Bears in, I guess, last year in, in 2020? Well, it, it's interesting that when he first went to Tampa Bay, 
he and Bruce Arians collided a little bit on offensive philosophy. It wasn't until after the loss to the Bears that they sat down and said, and Tom basically said, this is what I can do. This is what this offense should look like. And Bruce Arians did the bending. And so you're right, John, you know, would, would Matt Nagy have done the bending? Now, Bruce Lazor uh, said last season, you know, Trubisky hasn't earned the right, I'm paraphrasing, hasn't earned the right to go into the clubhouse and, and tell the coaches what game planning to do. Uh, a Nick Foles, a Super Bowl champion, again, I'm paraphrasing, a Nick Foles has. So perhaps, my point is perhaps he would have said, Tom, whatever you want to do, you've won Super Bowls before, I haven't done anything. I don't know. <laughs> Tyler, what do you think? No, that that's it. That would have saved Matt, that would have saved Matt Nagy's job. Well, I would feel a lot better about Matt Nagy if you just shut up and listen to Tom Brady. <laughs> <laughs> I would feel better about so, it. So our 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 plan is that our our plan is to have Tom Brady retire and coach the Bears. Then yeah, I, I mean, I, at least Tom, send a memo or something. Yeah. Tom Brady, Tom Brady to the Bears would have been what LeBron was to the Cavaliers. He would have got the coach fired and got the right people in. He would have had a, a personal relationship with Ryan Pitts. Hey, this guy sucks. You got to get somebody else in here. And so, but that's what we needed. So, somebody of Super Bowl caliber to say, hey, what's going on here? Oh, this really sucks. And you, because you're, 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 you're selling diamonds, but it's really crap. And that's, and that's what, that, and that's when John talks about the mediocre stuff that we see yet to see up there because we got talent, but it's something hindering us. There's a hindrance. It's every freaking year. We don't have Mitch Trubisky to blame anymore. And that's what happened this year. People got their eyes waking. I'm like, dang, it wasn't Mitch. Like, dang, wow. <laughs> and, and I think it speaks a lot about the character of a coach because Bruce Arians is a guy who will alter things if he thinks that it's better for his players. Or if, if he has somebody like a Tom Brady that says, we got to do this, Bruce Arians isn't going to let his ego get in the way. And by doing that, they were able to win a Super Bowl. Is Matt Nagy uh, someone who's who's capable of saying, uh, you know what? Tom knows better than I do. I don't know. I honestly do not know that even if Tom Brady was in the locker room, Matt Nagy could check his ego and say, no, Tom, this is the raw offense we run. Oh, Tom, sorry. This is what I ran. This is what I ran in Kansas City. This is what we got to run here. I, I just feel, I'm, and honestly, for, for Tom's sake, I'm glad he didn't because I think he would have been miserable because I don't think that he would have got along with uh, with Matt Nagy at all because Matt Nagy if he had it his way would be playing quarterback for the Chicago Bears. So I don't I just don't I just don't think that that would have that would have connected very well. All right guys, uh quick predictions how badly are the Bears going to lose against the <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Have Tyler? I know you bet. Have you seen what the spread is like, uh, Bears Bucks? I, I, I haven't yet. I, I haven't. haven't. I would imagine it's seven plus something, right? Uh, yeah, I would think it would be plus thirteen something. Mm -hmm. Give the Bears some type of spread. Yeah, I, I think I heard something about thir thirteen points. Uh, right mm -hmm. now, it looks like uh, depending on uh, depending on where you're looking at, it could be twelve and a half at this point. Uh, wow. Now, that, I think a lot of people are going to try to get some money on the Bears because that's a big line. Uh, so you might see that line shrink a little bit uh, mm -hmm. depending on where the where the sharps put everything at. Uh, so maybe you take the Bears if they're like if they, maybe you take the Bears if they're plus 10 or 12 but if it gets to if it gets to like six or seven then maybe you just hammer down on the bucks uh but i honestly i think that like i said before this could get ugly because if the bears try to run the ball and they try to keep establishing the run or they or they can't get anything going you're going to see a lot of three and outs you're going to see a lot of third and longs where justin fields um is going to have to try to make something happen and i just feel like this has the potential to get 
really sloppy, really ugly, and really irritating for Bears fans to watch. Mm -hmm. You're going to see remnants of some of that offense that doesn't do a damn thing while it's out there, and the defense is going to get trotted out there every two minutes, and they're going to be gassed by the third quarter. So uh, I, I honestly think that I think that the the Patriots and Tom Brady's not one to take his foot off the gas. He he's he's a guy that if you're up 21, he wants to be up 28. And if he's up 28, he wants to see. I wonder if I can throw seven touchdowns because he he's done it before. He's not a guy. They're going to be throwing the ball in the fourth quarter if they're up by 15. They're going to be throwing the ball in the fourth quarter if they're up 20. So this does have the potential to get really ugly. I'm not going to say a three score game. But I will say that, the, that, that there's the real possibility the Bears lose by 11, 12, 13, 14 points. <sighs> well, tomorrow on Buffalo 55, we're going to have Michael Pless, who works over at Real Bucks Talk. He was a guest last season uh, prior to that Bears upset of the Bucks, So maybe he's going to bring us some good luck again, uh, John. But I know for sure what he's going to bring is some in-depth knowledge uh, about the Tampa Bay Bucks, And so that's a can't-miss show. John will have his 555 rants. Alyssa Barbieri is scheduled to be back. Yes. Yay! Really excited. Really excited. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and before uh, we go to John's closing comments, uh, let's uh, go to Tyler first. I mean, yeah, this game right here, this is a – maybe Matt Nagy's relieved the duties. Like, if, if things go like John said it is, because this is it. You're going against the, the cream of the crop right here. So we're going to see how far low are we from the totem pole. You've been – I don't care who the quarterback is. You've been here for so many years. Justin Fields is a first-round talent. So we didn't get a second-tier, third-tier quarterback because Justin Fields is still an amazing quarterback who's growing. So that's not an excuse. Justin Fields – is another running back on the field, which makes running lanes open. So Justin Fields being on the field should make somebody else open on the field. So Eddie Jackson, showtime, because, because Tom Brady's throwing deep. Leonard Fournette is running downhill. So you're going to get exposed. Mm -hmm. Hey, guess what, secondary? It's time to show up because Antonio Brown ain't joking. They're, the the Buckers are playing at a high level, and Mike, Mike Evans isn't even being used properly. He's not even being used right. He's not even catching a lot of balls right now. Antonio Brown is, and Godwin is, like, really still coming on. So this is a great measuring stick to see how close, how far are we from the top. I'm picking the Bears to win out of pure Bear Homer fanium. I'm picking out of, out of pure, like, just so I can say I said so. That's the only reason why, because I got, because I can't, because I cannot justify whatsoever. Because I feel like if we lose bad, we lose, then, like, this is more reason why Matt Nagy, respectfully, I don't want him to lose his job, but, like, bro, sorry. Like, this is a business. I'm not trying to be your friend here. You're not, you're, the team is not progressing under your leadership. Mm -hmm. A change has to be made. If you are that far away, Tom Brady just got to the NFC and he's dominating our conference, and you've been over here, and you came from the Chiefs who was winning the Super Bowl, like, come on. It don't make sense. It don't make sense. We are moving in quicksand with you, bro. And we just got to be tired of making excuses. Tired of making excuses right now. And so I'm hoping that the Bears can just play above and beyond, perfect all four quarters. Four quarters. It will be dope to have a three touchdowns from our offense. That would be dope. But our this game right here, we're going to see our, our core people have to show up. Eddie Jackson, our safety, has to show up to, to win this game. Our safety, because Tom Brady's throwing deep. He's throwing deep. But guess what? So is our, our nickel back because Tom Brady gets rid of the ball like less than three seconds. So that's going to be slants and drag routes. 
can we cover, can we tackle, or are our DBs chasing the receiver across the field? Are they going to take a, a seven-yard, a four-yard catch and turn it into seven, 70 yards? That's on the defensive coordinator. I like Sean Desai, so he should be he should be ready for that. Matt Nagy, there's no excuse that your offense shouldn't be prepared to score points. Bill Lazor, your time to shine, bro. And so that's where I'm at with it. I'm hoping for a Bears victory. That'll be super dope. Could that make us feel better and everything? But other than that, man, <sighs> positive wishful thinking, positive wishful thinking. And I'm great to see. I'm, I'm excited to see the development of Justin Fields. I hope he shows up and shows up because I do feel like he can flip a switch and he can just play lights out, which would be super dope. But he can't, he can't, he can't throw to somebody who's not open if he's running for his life. And so um, I just everybody, thank you all for joining us this evening. We definitely appreciate you all. Have a safe night. This has been great entertainment, even for myself. John and Aldo are amazing. <laughs> I love it. And I'm jacked up all over again. I love you all so much. Bear down. And we fighters fight. All right. John. Well, uh, it's so hard to follow Tyler on closing on closing <laughs> comments. I'll be honest with you, but uh, I I also am hopeful for a Bears victory. I'm just not going to predict it. I'm not going to pick them to win this game because I have no reason to pick them. With it's just like if you're if you're playing if you if you if you're watching a uh, a relative play a sport and you know they suck at it, you're not like I'm not picking them to win. I I, I hope he wins. I I would love to see him win. Oh, you ain't gonna win. So uh, I just, I just don't think that the, I just don't think that the cards are in the favor of the Bears. Uh, I want to uh, point something out that Four Thousand Clover said in the in the chat room. He said that uh, Tom Petty's or Tom Petty, Tom Brady is petty enough to uh, to remember this as a revenge game by losing to the Bears last year. And I one hundred percent agree with that. You remember the Tom Brady game where he thought it was fourth down and he put up four fingers. Wait till he throws his fourth touchdown on Sunday. He's going to look very inquisitive throwing up four. Like that was, was that my fourth, fourth touchdown? That's going to be a Tom Brady move right there. Wait till that happens on yeah. Sunday. So uh, I, I hope that they can rise to the occasion. I hope something got lit underneath them after Aaron Rodgers clowned them last week. I hope that there's something that they can, that they can do to stick with the Bucks. I just can't see it. So uh, I, I, I hope so. I, I root for them just as much as anybody else does. Uh, I, and we'll see. But I, I just don't feel great about it. But once again, like Tyler said, I, I thank everyone who showed up for this. I thank everyone who listened to this, whether it's for the live version or the playback version, the audio version, the video version, uh, whether it's your first time or your 50th time or I appreciate it from the bottom of my heart. This is so much fun to do with my friends here. And uh, we we hope that you enjoy it as well. So uh, thank you very much. And don't forget, Buffon 55 tomorrow at 8, uh, excuse me, 7 Central, 8 p.m. Eastern time. We're going to break down some more of the Buccaneers to see if the Bears actually have a chance. Go ahead, Aldo, take us home. I'm just going to go uh, put some Vaseline on my arms and then come out and uh, and battle Dan Aguirre on the Dan and all the brothers shows at uh, 8 o'clock Central 9, so less than an hour. And uh, we got plenty of other Bears coverage. Best way to stay informed is to, su to subscribe to our channel here on YouTube or just follow us on Twitter at Barroom Network, and you'll get all the lowdowns on all of our shows. We cover all Chicago sports. But this is the season for the Chicago Bears, and we're going to hyper-focus on them. And I'm very, very fortunate to have Tyler and John Buffon leading the discussion tonight and the rest of the season, Bear football immediately after the game, after that win against the Bucs. <laughs> I got to say, win against the Bucs or Chubbs is going to kick my ass. <laughs> Chubbs <laughs> is telling people, no way you should say that the Bucs are going to win. But uh, for 
Uh, John Buffon, Tyler Ellis, I'm Aldo Gandia. We'll see you next week. Bird.